a Podcast One production. I'm Charles Fairley and for 30 years I've worked for big media companies like the Nine Network, Sony Music, AAP and Win Television. And I started Unsung Business Heroes because I wanted to give small business owners a voice, many of those small business owners that I met through my work, but also because my dad was a business owner. And so helping small business and marketing and getting to know the motivation behind business is part of my life. I chose Andrew as a hero for this series because He's been running his business for 22, 23 years, but he started it when he was 20. So as he says in the interview, he's never had a paycheck. Um, He just got stuck in, and I really admire that. And, um, you know, talking to him, he revealed stories of his family and in particular his grandfather and what he learned from his grandfather, and that made me think about my father and how he related to his dad, which was my grandfather, obviously. And my dad always said he wanted to bring back my grandfather or be able to share with my grandfather the things that he'd achieved in business and show him how well he'd done. But of course that can't happen, but it just makes you realise that you've got to grab the bull by the horns now and communicate those things when you have the opportunity, because in a lot of cases we don't have them forever. And um, with Andrew being interviewed, he just, to me, highlighted the family aspect and what you learn from the older generations. And, And on the flip side, that made me think about what I impart to my kids and what things I share and what influence I have on their development. And I just think that's a great responsibility and something that we all have to take really seriously. We recorded Andrew in his office, which is in George Street, Sydney. If you walk into Andrew's office, there's a lot of interesting paraphernalia, lots of old magazines and newspapers from the 1850s, 1860s that I was really intrigued by. And there was a real sense of camaraderie there, which I thought it was really inspiring. My name's Andrew Rocks and um, I'm the CEO and founder of Announcer. Um, I've had the business uh, for 22 years and it basically started out um, by accident. I, I, I really just wanted to find out what, what people wanted. Um, I'm, I'm from a, a farming background and, and I'm quite a practical person and, and in the areas of, of pe- people's lives like their, their money, their finances, their, their, their goals, their aspirations. It was a real gap in the market um, of, of companies that looked after everything. So we're a, we're a one-stop shop, so to speak. Um, I, I love it. I love doing this. I, I love the people who uh, are part of um, our team, and I especially love the clients, because in essence, the clients are, are us. Um, and uh, I figure that if I help enough people... Um, then we'll all be able to celebrate success. I, I did move around a fair bit when I was young. Um, my, my parents spent time in Papua New Guinea and I, I, I lived the life of where I was uh, uh, someone who was an outsider. So um, I, I think that gave me a great basis in uh, being able to make uh, friends from all walks of life. I spent about eight years there. So the great thing is didn't have to go to school, right? So that was awesome. And so when I came back to Australia, I just got assessed and got up... Uh, by doing no school, and this is probably not an ad for the public school system in New South Wales, um, they put me ahead one and a half years uh, because basically the only thing we learnt was reading and writing. Turn the page, ding. I, I suppose I, I, I grew up with people that had very little possessions. I took that as normal. 
I, I, I've never taken anything for granted. You have to rely on other people when you are in a smaller community. Um, you don't have all the services that, that, that we in the city come for granted and, and you have to make your own fun. You, I think you are forced into being social. The big thing is, because there are not many opportunities, you don't go through the motions. So when you're growing up, you're always thinking. You can't take for granted that you can finish school, move into a job around the corner, live with your parents. You never think that way. From a very early age, and this is not just myself, but a lot of people in that environment, you were thinking of how to better yourself, what you can do because you had no safety net. I think that would be a common answer for people who had grown up in those areas. Um, upon moving back to Australia, we moved around and, and we finally settled up in um, northwest New South Wales in a, a little town called Bogabri, which um, not many people have have heard of. And uh, it was it was that that small town experience that also uh, got me yet again talking with a lot of other people that you don't get the opportunity to talk to in a, in a big city and, and build that that real community. And um, uh, that that philosophy of trying to help people, regardless of their background, is uh, held me and has been one of the driving forces. I, I was lucky enough to spend some time in Sydney. I went to a, a great boarding school. It was a, a fantastic experience and um, it, it promoted my independence. Um, and I also had a great mentor. Um, my, my grandfather, um, he ran a business in agriculture and uh, effectively helped, helped farmers um, solve problems with nutrition. Basically, uh, supplements for, for, for livestock. So from early on, I would always tag along in the car and every single time he'd go out to a, to a farmer, I'd, I'd, I'd jump in next to him, we'd, 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 we'd talk endlessly, I'd open the gates for him and um, we'd sit down and, and speak with clients of his that have been clients for 20, 30 and, and 40 years. And, and I learned an immense amount about keeping long-term relationships and, and what what these days management speak is the one percenters from from Kevin and um, I think he's he's a real reason why I've been able to not just help people but also build a build a good quality team uh, you got to meet a diversity of farmers across our entire country and, and you got to meet wealthy and poor ones battlers and successful ones and and um, uh, the big thing is that I would uh, quite often walk out of a meeting with, with, with uh, the guys and not know if any business was done. And in the car, I'd say, what, what happened? And he said, well, same thing as, as always. We talk about them. We make them the centre of the universe. When I'm with them, they are my world. And they always buy. I remember one time um, opening a gate, driving up to the homestead, and um, on the front door was a letter um, or a, a note saying, we're down the back paddock. If you could please put the roast on, we'll be an hour. If you could prepare dinner, we're gonna feed you tonight and we've already got the accommodation sorted. So our clients, we walked into our client's house, we prepared the roast dinner. They came back in from the paddock um, at about six o'clock at night. We shared a, 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 a dinner with them. We talked and talked. The next morning we got up after staying in their house went around, inspected some things, and then we drove off. And um, Kevin, my grandfather, said that's the third generation of people in that family that have been buying from him, and his job is just to make them feel comfortable and understand 
their business and to listen to them and become part of their life. And another great tip was, he was one of the first people to tell me that, that in, a, in, a, in a couple, in a relationship, you can't pick one person. You have to make sure you're listening to both people. And it was just such a wonderful business tip. And then his health, it came to a, a sudden realisation and, and I sat there and, um, I, you know, I, I found school no problems at all and I found doing a degree. I went to Newcastle University, which is a really excellent place and I was lucky enough to meet my, my now wife, Annalise, there, so um, it was the best decision I've ever made. And um, I just figured out that how can I help people? And uh, being a surgeon was ruled out the moment I would uh, faint seeing blood. So I figured that you know, the fainting doctor's not going to get many repeat clients. So um, I figured that helping them out with their, their financial goals and success and giving them peace of mind is going to derive happiness for me and them. I think um, when you uh, grow up in a, uh, a family that is, is in small business, um, you are just exposed to it. You don't seek it out. It just becomes part of, of um, your day to day. And, and to give, I'm, I'm 42 now, and I've never actually had a, a job. I've never had a paycheck. Um, I, whether it was chipping weeds in cotton paddocks um, in my early teens or anything else, and I, I left uni and started this business at 20. So when you started, it, well, firstly, announce it. What is the name? Yeah, good story. So my my surname's uh, Rocks, and uh, you know the temptation is to to, to use that that name. And um, we were for a while called Gresham Street because I was in Gresham Street, so the imagination wasn't wasn't overly. And then um, uh, for for various reasons, we we moved from Gresham Street, and we wanted a name that people could own. I wanted not just it to be about uh, announcer to be about about myself. I wanted the team members and the people who who joined. I wanted it to be their firm. I wanted it to be about them and that experience. And I also wanted a name that could be used across various different businesses, so that in the future, if I wanted to expand businesses, it, w it was there. So um, it's it's an easy one, and it's uh, first on the the alphabet as it turns out. So. Uh, um, a for announcer, it seems to be pretty good. What was the process to get to him? Yeah, so when I was at uni, I was helping in my, my, my family's business and then through things such as drought and a, and, a, and a few chronic diseases, I helped organise that business to be sold up. I worked with the banks and, and we did that and then at, at, at 20, um, uh, I decided um, that I should start my own company and um, I came to Sydney and um, I started taking on clients and in, in the early days, uh, so this is in the um, uh, mid-90s, the concept of financial planning was still very much a cottage industry. Uh, and even today, uh, quite a few, the perception is it's a cottage industry, but, but when you think about it, financial planning is, is everything. It's, it's, it's making sure that you're, you've got great, great goals. It's almost, it's partly life coaching. It's, it's definitely tax advice. You need some great lawyers. Uh, in there, you need investments, but the main part of it is, is that you have to bond with someone because you're sharing a lot of, uh, a lot of their life, and 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 what you do is really the 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 secondary to to the journey that you're taking with people. And so I started off in financial planning, and then I added mortgages um, because I thought, well, we're 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 talking about that. 
And, and just stripping it all back, if when I ask most people in a straw poll what their largest expense in their, their life's going to be, um, the answer typically is my mortgage or my children. Well, um, both of which are in the top five, but it's not number one. The most, the most money that you'll spend in your life is your income tax. So I figured that if I'm going to be relevant to people, I'm going to handle their income, their, their tax, then their mortgage. I'm going to tell them about the, the schools, what they're going to cost. I'm going to know every school, how, the, how to get your children in, these matter. And then I'm also going to go all the way, cradle to grave, and make sure we've got their wills in a safe deposit and we do their probate work. So when you think about it, it's logic. Why people hadn't done it till then is because people used to just learn their own patch, you know, chartered accountants, lawyers, financial plannings, mortgage brokers. Um, but it's not what the consumer wanted. They wanted the ability to, to, to do it all at once with one person they trust. Um, about a decade ago, we, 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 we identified that, that people with children were struggling to make these decisions. So we started a childcare facility. Um, so people would come in and we would have their children looked after when they were doing their, their stuff. It made a massive difference. So yeah, it's just, it's just logic. I wasn't constrained by um, any of those things that a lot of the history, I, I was new. These days you'd call me a disruptor. I think that's cool now, but um, back then I, I, I didn't have any preconceived ideas. 20 years ago, people would pay professionals for information. So I would know more than you and I would then get paid to impart knowledge. Almost entirely today that's incorrect. People have access to every bit of information and every bit of knowledge that we could possibly do. So people are now paying for an arbitrage of their professional time, but more importantly, the way in which they feel about the transaction. It's wonderful. I know that there's been a big transfer of, of wealth and profits back to the consumer, and I'm really happy because they're our employers. I would always walk in the shoes of the client. So um, I would mimic the client experience from where they sat in reception to what they saw. And I would quite often ask my clients to tell me about how they found me, honestly. And I, I suppose before things such as net promoter scores were, 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 were popular and great, great tests, um, I would be regularly quizzing my clients on what I could have done better. Um, and just asking them, because at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter what I do if it's not connecting with, with, with the client. So it was trial and error. You have some interesting philosophies within your business here, um, giving people hours off during the day. Can you explain a bit of that? I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of um, energy management. So uh, since the Industrial Revolution, it was all about time management. And people who became sticklers on time management, I believe, missed the boat. If you can give me a great period of energy, then you're going to get the most high productive output. Now, further from that, at the end of the day, we are, we're, we're, we're humans, we're not robots. So um, basic science is that our sciatic rhythm and our, uh, to do with our blood sugar level and how we operate does dip between two and four every day. And there's two ways of remedying that. And most people who aren't aware of it, they'll go and get their three o'clock donut, their coffee and whatnot. And it's very counterproductive. And the rise and rise of type two diabetes is a testament to that globally. So 
apart from wanting to make sure that my team not only had successful but healthy lives, I worked out that if I could get them to exercise and take two hours off a day, it helped them with their mental health, but it also then stimulated that blood sugar level around there that meant that they effectively, when they came back and saw clients, they had two days in one because their energy was as fresh as the moment they walked in in the morning. And when they got home to their families, they would be 100% focused on them and a personal milestone or goal that I'm most proud of is in my entire career, we have not had one single staff member get divorced or separate. Unbelievable across all of those years. And I, I believe that, 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 that although I'm not going to take full credit, I believe that, that allowing people to do that little bit of focused physicality during the day completely makes them better people, gives them a better balance. Part of being an announcer is not only do we, we pay for um, your uh, personal training and your, your gym, we also have a, uh, a football team um, that we play um, and we also have a basketball team that, that, that we play and we've been doing that for years as well. And um, as, as the CEO, it gives me a real insight into people um, without the whole uh, hierarchical structure, you know. I'm not the best player in the team, I'm, I'm far from it. So um, I'm, I like seeing people in that environment. Is life all about work? Not at all. I play uh, four competitive sports a week. I've got three boys ages between uh, 13 and 6. Um, they're very active. I, I, I love coaching them in, in whatever sport that they're playing that year. Um, I, I love people. I love community. I'm a big fan. Coming from a small country town, even though we're in the middle of Sydney, um, you still can build a really positive community. How do you pick what charities, I suppose, what charities you get involved in? Absolutely. Charities are a, uh, or giving is, is, is a, an interesting thing because it's... What employers uh, have got to realise is it's not actually the amount that you give. You're doing two things. You're actually also developing a, a pattern or habit in your team that, that, that individually they'll use as, as throughout their life. Um, we're inundated with, with charities like, like everyone and we decided that we wanted to have a focus because we didn't just want to give money, we wanted to create experiences. So um, for the last, oh, for probably five or six years, our soccer team, um, you know, was in hot pink for a few years, now it's in red and, and that was for the breast cancer. The other one was for Red Nose Day. Um, and we had something fun. So we, we, every goal that we kicked and every goal we conceded, we would give to, to charity an amount and then we would post that on their website. And in fact, the Cancer Council one time came down and did a, a, a whole um, article on us, not because we're the largest givers, we're, we're, we're certainly uh, not, not, not that, but, but it creates awareness. And in a competitive market, it's creating awareness and just getting people to understand that there are people out there that do need help. We've done some theming. We got the Socceroos involved last year, so that was, that was excellent. Any regrets along the way? I could probably write a book on things I did wrong, OK? There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, and and when, you, when, when you think back, did I regret anything specifically? Not, not overly, um, because I've learnt from all of my mistakes. I'm really... Uh, are really happy um, with with where I'm at and um, looking forward to the future. You know, it's it's people say you know if you if you didn't have to work, what would you do? Then I would 
map out my week relatively similar to what I'm doing when I'm working. So there's a good answer, isn't it, you know? Just to finish up, advice for young entrepreneurs or young business people starting out with any key things you'd like to pass on? So if, 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 you're, if you're starting out uh, now, I think uh, this is a timeless piece of advice. And if you're going to take business risks, take them as young as possible. It becomes harder in life as you have more responsibilities, okay? Um, You know, there are phases of becoming an adult and, and, you know, there's a big phase when you get married, there's a bigger one when you have kids and then you might have to look after your parents and sickness and whatnot. Take risks early and walk the path less travelled. If everyone is doing this and they can't give you a good reason as to why doing it and they're putting you down, that's a key reason why I keep going. So um, the other advice would be seek out older, successful people. Don't think that they're the stereotype of keeping it all to themselves. I I think um, they want to leave a legacy and they want to help people, and and, and I I definitely do, and I I know that, that that's the norm. Don't be intimidated. Pick up the phone. I guess my biggest takeaway in interviewing Andrew and sitting down with him was his really strong focus on family. He let his staff do all sorts of things socially. um, And for me, that was an interesting change from the old school way of doing business whereby, you know, you had to clock in at nine and leave at five or whatever. And there was not meant to be any interaction or any social at work. So it was a real interesting interview, as you heard. If you like that episode of Unsung Business Heroes, you're going to love our story with Philip Yakover. He was a businessman who grew up on the streets as a teenager and managed to turn it all around through such a positive attitude. I was really impressed when we spoke to him. Unsung Business Heroes was presented by me, Charles Fairley, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. The executive producer was Jenny Goggin. If you'd like to see the videos of my interviews with these unsung business heroes, go to unsungbusinessheroes.com.au. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search for Unsung Business Heroes on iTunes.